ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 3 of Hannibal on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. Your old pal, Patrick Hamilton. Coming to you once again from the sunny shores of Lithuania. I don't think they have shores there, but I could be wrong. This is uh, Dish by Dish. It's a Hannibal rewatch project of the Kill by Kill uh, podcast. Uh, That's what a podcast is. I struggled to figure that out. (laughs) But luckily, I, in the nick of time, I rescued it. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to talk about an episode of Hannibal. And of course, there's only one person I trust that if I have to lock a prisoner away who ate my sister, she'll make sure he at least gets some nice pheasant and a glass of wine. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I, I would do that for you. For you, Thank Patrick. You. Uh, of course I would like, uh, kind of goof you into it just to see if you do it. <laughs> it seems to now be uh, the summation of Hannibal's trickery is he's like, I'm going to put you in a weird sitch and then I'm going to see, maybe you'll kill your way out of it. And he just seems to think, find that endlessly fascinating. And, and almost everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's, he's always right. And yet I, 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 what is he testing for the, what is this Raptor like testing of the fences that he's doing around this, scientific uh question that he is banding about all these years like when people find themselves in desperate situations i don't know choked out by a guy you've inherited as a prisoner you (laughs) might put a bone in his neck well it's just you know one thing about this show is uh it does not say much for human nature (laughs) (laughs) it is it is bleak it is bleak as hell um uh, we should note that this episode is uh, titled Secondo. Uh, secondo in uh, is a second course uh, during which Italians might eat uh, different kinds of meat, proteins, mainly for your fish, your, your pork, your chicken, veal, lamb, wild boar, even your rabbit. Um, and so uh, th- this is a main protein meal. Uh, and I suppose because Hannibal the series has never really been huge on origin stories um, with the exception of like new serial killers, but we don't really go way, way back on Hannibal. We don't go way, way back on Will. We're very in media res with them. This is the the first time I can think of to that. It really digs into the backstory of our main cast. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to know more about uh, young Hannibal's life, you could, you could you could watch the movie hannibal rising uh i've never seen it uh from what i understand it is uh to quote the writer nathan raven quite poor (laughs) um i was also i i too dug into the critical files of one hannibal rising um of course based on the book by thomas harris directed by peter weber um And I found one quote here from Maxim film critic, Pete Heyman. I I believe Pete has gone on to different things, but at the time he was at Maxim quote, the most terrifying movie of the new year. Mm -hmm. And that is why everyone respects the film desk 
at Maxim Magazine. It's a new year. Did this come out January 4th? <laughs> I don't know. It did come out very early in the year. As only the best movies do. <laughs> yes. Uh, David Edelson, um, who now writes for Vulture. Uh, I think he was at a New York paper at the time. Not that Vulture is it. Um, Hannibal Rising is basically a Steven Seagal vigilante movie where the hero eats the people he kills. Um, <laughs> well, that's, and the thing is, that's an efficient way of doing it. It really is. The thing is, Steven Seagal now looks like he's eaten every person he's fictionally killed. <laughs> I mean, if you really, you know, you really, 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 really want us to watch it. I mean, you know, you, you could you could pony up the dough for our Patreon and, and, yes, and absolutely. you know, see if you win our uh you, know, you pick the movie drawing. Yeah. Um this uh this episode starts with um Will kind of convening with Hannibal inside his own mind palace, and this prompted a question inside of me that I wanted to ask you when you have fictional conversations with me in your mind palace, where are we sitting? I really like your backyard from what I've okay. seen of it. So like I, I'm kind of generating what your backyard looks like. Sure. So we're just going to chill in there by the movie screen, our, yeah. our grass circle. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is rather nice, especially in, in this era of, of COVID where you did not want to be inside. We still had the ability to, Show movies. We we even uh, projected a few Marvel TV series up there when we got desperate for entertainment. Once upon a time, uh, yeah, it, it's a nice little spot. It's like technically, uh, just for those who don't know, and most of you don't, it's our it's basically our front side yard um, because these houses, the Cliff May house that I live in, uh, he made sure that the city would zone it so you could wall off your property because he wanted you to live outside as much as you live inside. So I can go outside in the morning, stark ass naked if I want to. Why don't you? I do on occasion just to feel <laughs> the breeze and the nethers, you know. Just uh, to feel alive. Yeah. I, you know, it, the house is also all glass. Like there's more windows than walls. So you also don't want everyone seeing you even in inside your own house, how you are dressing at any given time. So it, it fulfills a lot of pieces, but uh, guess what, everybody, the backyard's getting done. It's going to plans right now, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, once this home is finished, we will be unstoppable and underwater. No, that's actually not true. We're very lucky. Um, so Will, in this uh, particular episode, now that he's seen a heart in a church, what a great place to start, uh, decides to head off to sunny Lithuania to Castle Lecter uh, to see if Hannibal has decided he can go home again. Um what were your first impressions of Castle Lecter? I mean, if you had asked me, what would Hannibal Lecter's childhood home look like? <laughs> right. It would look a lot like this. I mean, they should show the occasional like faraway shot and, you know, have like, you know, bold lightning and <laughs> werewolf howl in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
yes. It, 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 to me, it almost came off to the point where I want to see cartoon bats spill out of the top window, <laughs> like at the beginning of Scooby-Doo, where yeah. are Hannibal is not subtle. I'm not coming to this for realism. We've said it once. We'll say it again. Like, this is all very much a show. But Will arrives on the scene. He's like, hmm, it's locked up. I'm just going to hoist my own petard over that very imposing and pointy fence and get to the other side. It's like, he doesn't have any authority here. He's, He's just a dude, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I think Will just kind of gave up any sort of you know, of, of you know, pretense of you know, obeying the law in, <laughs> right. any, in any in any measurable fashion. Yeah, he just uh, does a hop to over it and immediately starts prowling the uh, grounds. Meanwhile, Hannibal is back at his very stylish uh, Florence apartment. And he is wearing the most ridiculous fucking suit, not worn by a 66 Batman villain I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) It is black, white, and a bit of beige. And it looks like uh, a black and white TV's test pattern. It's wild. I mean, he looks great in it, but I would look fucking ridiculous. It's a little louder than than he generally wears. I think that goes along with his state of mind, right? Because yeah, yeah. Han- Hannibal is now becoming increasingly louder than he should be as a cannibal on the run from the law. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he, he's going to draw attention to himself in one way or another. Yeah. He invites that Beardo uh, from his, his now educational post uh, there in Florence. And, uh, you know, this guy is like, all right, so you passed my little test. You're feeding me your little meal. Here's a little cocktail they made on the Titanic. Um, uh, We have a -a tete-a-tete, I guess. But deep down, I still kind of hate you. Um, And then Hannibal's like, here's cave-aged forearm. I hope you enjoy that. (laughs) Well, the funny thing about this season is... For whatever reason, uh, maybe because they, they, he's not doing quite a good, quite as good a job of hiding the fact that he's lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason in Florence, everybody's just super passive aggressive and shitty and right. snotty to him. Yes. Yeah. Which, which, you know, and I know the whole uh, uh, concept of the movie is, you know, he, the TV show, he, you know, he only eats rude people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm thinking of uh, our our good buddy Franklin from you know two seasons ago. Sure, where his rudeness is that he was too needy. Right. That yeah, he was too monopolizing of of Hannibal's time. That he desperately wanted Hannibal to like him, mm-hmm. and now he is the one trying to not necessarily for his own ego, but just to you know maintain a low profile, trying to get these people's approval. Yeah. And they're just like, no, we no, we you know, you're not one of us. We yeah, yeah, we 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 don't know why you smell like a rat, but you smell like a rat. <laughs> I don't even know if they're waiting to smell. It, it kind of comes across as it doesn't matter who's in that position, they would still be in the white hot spotlight. But it's even worse that the person who is in charge of this division is not Italian. 
So everyone's kind of like, uh, I don't know. And no one has the internet and can look up this guy's real name and, or face. And so he just is trying to skate along here, but the pretenses are very thin because this guy gets like two pieces of forearm in his mouth and Hannibal just launches an ice pick into his temple. Oh, can I tell you that, that after all the gore and all the really, you know, Baroque tableaus of like the various mercies, this actually, I think bothers me more than anything, any other (laughs) kill in the entire series, because 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 it, it feels realistic. Sure. Yes. It also doesn't help that there's that aftermath where the guy is like, oh, I can't see. Well, he's still still talking. Yeah. Because, I mean, the funny thing is, is like a a, a brain injury doesn't always kill you right away. Right. Uh, And I I think of how uh, one of my, you know, one of the the most terrifying kills to me in any movie is in um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. When he just like like uh, you know comes out just bo- beans that guy in the head with the with the with the mallet mm-hmm. and he falls down and starts having a seizure yeah. and I'm like I'm like okay somebody did their research and and, <laughs> and you know figured out what would happen to someone if you just got you know you know bonked on the head because it really annoys me in movies you know especially you know I, I have I have friends who work in. Uh, research for head injuries and the mm. you know, long-term effects of them and all. And it's sure. it's annoying in movies when someone you know, gets hit on the head to the point of being knocked out. And then like a minute later, they're fine. You're yeah. not, you're not fine. You have a major, right. you have a major head injury. And, and, you know, it, it, this where, you know, he gets him just, just in the right spot where he's probably going to die eventually. But it, it, it is very, you know, dragged out. The guy seems like he might become aware of what's happening to him, but not entirely. Right. And it is much more unsettling to me than the somewhat similar death of Paul Krendler in in uh, Hannibal the movie. Yeah, yeah. Where they just like lift the top of his head off like a like a serving like a serving platter and yes. eat from his brain. He, he's like, you know, I'm like, mm, I don't think he'd be alive with that. Well, uh, he gives him a Vulcan nerve pinch, and that seems to help. <laughs> and somehow disconnects his his bottom half of his body from from his head somehow, and 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 that's a big part of it. And then he's like cooking up the sections of the brain that he won't miss immediately. Uh, and he's like, and he's, he's like, oh, that, small sections. And he's couplets. like, he's like, oh, that smells good. And it's like, yeah. oh my god, come <laughs> on. But 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 here, but here, he's essentially giving the guy a lobotomy. Right. Yes. Um, the the constant head injury thing does remind me of when we uh, went to Europe with Ollie and he became entranced with Tintin as a character. Uh, Tintin, a boy detective who is helped by a drunk uh, sea captain and his dog, Snowy. Uh, Snowy was Oliver's way in. And he is constantly being bopped on the head with the butt of a gun and transported <laughs> from hither to thither. And at a certain point, you're kind of wondering, like, this guy probably <laughs> wouldn't remember his own name, nevertheless, Snowy's. By the yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's at minimum punch drunk at this point. <laughs> I have a question for you, because after this guy passes out in a, a bowl of his own blood and some olives, 
I'm looking at this and I think we're two people who, you know, we're preparing meals for ourselves, our families. You're sitting around a table. What is the cleanup situation at this dinner table? Because when, when you bleed that fucking much all over the place, like, does he have a shop vac? What, what, what is his, does he throw the rug underneath that in the washer? Like what is happening there? Yeah. I was going to say he's, he's, you know, a, a tablecloth would be too gauche, but right. I mean, but that would, that would obviously be the best solution here. Cause you just gather everything up in the tablecloth. Like you do at Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Um, you know, I mean, but he—he he probably has like these very like high-end cleaning cleaning aids too. Like he's not going to just kind of have like you know a bunch of you know shamwas in his uh in his uh in, in his you know, cleaning closet. Yeah, I mean, he can definitely afford to just roll up you know a carpet and throw it out and get a new carpet. I guess so, but what kind of he's a he's a fugitive on the run and he's got um that much extra dead corpse carpet money is stashed away for all this. It's, well, we never really, we, we never really went into, you know, <laughs> Hannibal's seemingly bottomless uh, income. Yeah. That's true. Cause he only seems to have three patients. Now he has, now he has none patients, <laughs> but he is saving a lot on food costs. That's true. That's true. And he works from home. I mean, he does, so. he, but you know, he, what, what he, what he saves in food, he does, he does, you know, spend on, on, you know, high end ingredients and, and spices. But yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bedelia is going out every day, getting two bottles of wine and sucking down oysters like it's going out of style. Yeah. I guess that's her coping. You know, some of us, you know, get McDonald's, she gets oysters and wine. <laughs> sure. Um, but Hannibal seems to be actively torpedoing his own ship because you can't keep killing people at the same job and eventually not someone go, I don't know, the last place I heard they were going to was this guy and pointing yeah, directly he, at him. Yeah, his, uh, the, his, the circle that he is choosing from is very small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you would think he would you would think you know, if he you know, had the urge to kill that you know he would you know, go you know, find a hobo or something you know <laughs> <laughs> perhaps perhaps a, perhaps an errant to sex worker not 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 sure, his not yeah. his not his colleagues from a a very you know, exclusive elite circle of academics. But I think, he, but at this point, he's wearing the loud suits. He's killing the people who would be traced back to him. He's taken over the identity of someone whose, you know, face is on the back of book jackets and shit. Like, this is tenuous at best. Well, he is. Yeah, he he wants to, he's trying to, he's trying to draw Will back. Yeah. Uh, And it's not the only uh, sort of fly that his honey is attracting because Jack Crawford has landed in Italy. And he's he's still alive, still alive, alive. got a hell of a scar on his neck. And he has a sit down with Inspector Ronaldo Pazzi, the great whisperer of the season. (laughs) You always have to have a dramatic whisperer. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, Pazzi's like, 
you and I, we get together. We get matching jackets with the lightning bolts on the back of them. And we find El Mostro. And everyone has a big party. And they say, hey, Crawford and Apazi, you are the best. <laughs> and this is his pitch. This is not this is not a uh, a stereotype that, of course, I'm exploiting for comedic purposes, but also harming a community that has done nothing to me. Um, and Jack's like, yeah, I'm not here to find Hannibal Lecter. It's like, <laughs> it's a, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a YP, not an MP. I'm off the clock and may not have a job. None of us have jobs anymore after our handling of Hannibal Lecter. So if you're after El Bostro, you're, you're going to have to do it yourself. And then you cut over to beautiful Lithuania and Will has started a fire in someone else's yard. Don't do that. (laughs) If you're trying to stay on the down low, don't start a fire on someone else's property. Is he he trying to stay on the down low though? Or is he, or, or, or is he doing the same thing? That uh that 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 Hannibal's doing is like come and get me. No, you come and get me. Uh, no, you come and get me. No, but you come and get me. Yeah, that is entirely possible. You know, they're um, basically they're basically, you know, doing the equivalent of sending each other, you know, romantic mixtapes. You know, like <laughs> and, and like daring each other, uh, you know, like which one of us is gonna show up at the other one's doorstep holding holding a you know, boom box over our head first. Right. Yes. <laughs> I made this for you, scrawled on it. Don't worry, be happy. Um, uh, this this episode features uh, so many fireflies that I found myself whistling the Owl City uh, song, Fireflies, which I was, I'm not a fan of. Um, and uh, Will spies uh, Chio. Uh, the kind of girl who will hunt for fowl in the morning and keep a dude prisoner in her very weird basement at night. And it turns out uh, that she has been put on some sort of assignment um, by Hannibal because that guy in the cage, according to her, uh, killed and ate Misha in front of Hannibal. And dum dum dum, that's the origin story he told her. Yeah, this is the point of the show where if you are expecting things to make sense, <laughs> uh, it's a mugs game. Don't bother yeah. uh, because, you know, you have to assume that Hannibal is probably lying about a lot of this. Now, in 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 the books, I, I believe that the story about his sister being eaten by cannibals is actually supposed to have been true and yeah. that... Uh, you know, that's sort of because that, you know, the time frame of when the, the books take like this would have been World War Two. Right. Uh, here, you know, the, the, the timelines don't really make much sense. I, I don't. I, did they ever did you ever mention how long she's been kind of watching over this? Like not yet. The, maybe, the, maybe it happens down down. The, I'm I'm the I'm the fuzziest because when she, it comes to she, season she's three. Pr- she's pretty young yeah. or, you know, looks pretty young. She does, um, yes. You know, it's hard to tell how old this uh, uh, you know, supposed cannibal is because he, you know, he kind of looks like that, you know, crazy old cave hermit from Life of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's impossible. So he could be, uh, you know, Hannibal's about, I don't know, 
late forties. So yeah. I, I don't know how old, you know, how long ago this was supposed to have happened with his sister getting, you know, kidnapped and et by cannibals. Um, none of the timelines really match up, no. but, but I, I think it's just sort of, you know, I think that's, you know, purposely to sort of, you know, disquiet the audience and, you know, not really, you know, and, and, and just, you know, create the overall sense that you're just being, you know, you know, fucked with and gaslit a little bit. Right. Yes. And I mean, that is, and we mentioned it at the top, like th- that was Hannibal's big thing was I'm going to put you in this very tenuous situation where you're in danger. You're not, you're not entirely have control of all of your faculties. I'm going to quote unquote psychically drive you towards an endpoint, And I want to see what you do in that moment. And weirdly enough, you know, Will being quite a student actually puts Chio in that exact same situation. Yeah, I mean, he's given up any any again. He's given up any pretense of being you know the 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 good guy in right. the, in this situation. He's just the guy now. <laughs> yeah. The sort of you know uh, gray area guy. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Hannibal has yet another dinner party uh, where he feeds people <laughs> uh, livers, and um, he's. He loves an audience like this is it's come to the point where the smile on his face while he watches people eat human beings is it's it's so joyous. Like this is what brings him unbridled happiness. Um, When you were let me let me ask you something. When you were when when Ollie was little, did you ever have to like mm -hmm. sneak vegetables into his food? Not as much. Um, he was pretty good about eating vegetables early on. He did not like chewing, however. <laughs> and I found myself for, for years afterwards, miming chewing while he ate and, in, <laughs> and hoping that he would mirror my, uh, <laughs> mastication. I thought you were going to say he chewed his food, spit into his mouth like oh. a baby bird. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That was my next step. But luckily he was able to figure it out by looking at me chewing. He's like, Oh, that's what I do. And yeah. Well, my, well, me that when my daughter was step. little, she uh, didn't like eating like freshly cooked food. It had to be like mm-hmm. lukewarm. at best. Oh, so we would like literally just put the plate in the refrigerator. Until oh, it got to, like a, a, a reasonable temperature for her tiny palate. <laughs> Um, cause I was thinking, I was thinking like, you know, when you, you know, they have all those, I think like Jerry Seinfeld's wife made a whole career of writing these cookbooks about, you know, cooking food that you can like sneak vegetables into your kid's food. I mean, I'm not a fan yeah. of sneaking food into no, any, into you kinda, anything. You should know what's up. Right. But you know, there's just that kind of pleasure. It's like, aha, I got you to eat that broccoli. You know? <laughs> <laughs> aha, I got you to eat those human livers. <laughs> <laughs> he's so happy though and as as he denotes like this is the unconventional reinforcement of his ego <laughs> it's weird how much is on the table at this point for a guy who's supposed to be in hiding and then he washes bedelia's hair <laughs> you know who could fucking blame him um oh, he's crazy for this one rick this is the, the fact that she barely lives out of this. And he was just, was he going to just hide in the shadows and see what happened? What Was that Will's plan? Like, I don't know. 
maybe I'll do something. Maybe I won't. Yeah, I, th- this whole sequence, I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I don't really understand it. Um, upon, upon second, upon second viewing, I just still, it's not much clearer to me. Like, yeah. like what is happening here? What, what, you know, how long she's been there? Why she felt she could never leave? I, I, I'm not, I, I don't really, this is, I, I, it's all dream logic to me at this point that, that I, I'm not expecting an explanation that makes sense. Right. Uh, and of course, as she survives, she reads Will for filth because he's fucking acting like an asshole, but she's also like, so I'll go with you to try to hunt him down. Like, why, why it, there's, there's something happening here. I know that's weird for a serialized uh, drama. There might be more uh, breadcrumbs to an actual uh, answer down the line, but uh, call me uh, wackadoo, but I I think this might be in that direction. But of course, Will's not done yet because he has to bust a couple bottles, break out the twine, and, you know, because he's a maker, he fashions this dead guy into a big, beautiful butterfly. Yeah, I, I'm, impre- <laughs> I'm impressed. I mean, I'm a pretty crafty person, but but to be able yeah. to come up with all that just off the top of your head, whatever you have around you. Yeah. No, he's quite the artist. Uh, maybe he just never had the medium before, and he's finally at a place he can do that. But um, that should get you locked up. I'll be honest with you. That that's like, hey, what happens in Lithuania stays in Lithuania. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, his 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 bean is broken at this point. There's just no there's just no return. Uh, that pretty much does it. But of course, we we can't say goodbye without saying hello to choose your own death venture, and that's where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this particular episode. Which one would you choose, and why? Um, up for bid. We have stabbed in the temple with an ice pick, Mm-mm. or. You can be stabbed in the neck with a bone and have your blood go splurt, splurt, splurt out the side. Uh, what say you? Yeah, definitely bone in the neck. I do not want to be lobotomized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be lobotomized. Like, a, he doesn't feel it. And B, um, once it's out, he's night, night. That's, that's true. Yeah. It doesn't look like he's any pain. He just seems kind of confused and like almost, yes. like, almost like he's drunk. Like he's just sort of like g- giggling and lapsing into Italian and all. So eh, maybe that would be all right. I just wanted to say one thing real quick that, sure. that one thing I thought was interesting about Bedelia, she, she keeps returning to the subject of Hannibal's sister. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is, she's, she's taunting him a little bit with it, which I, 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 I think it's funny. It's like, she's kind of, poking the bear a little bit, which I, mm-hmm. I, I think is an interesting approach. And she seems kind of vaguely turned on by it, which is, which is like, <laughs> mm, I guess, you know, I mean, she's like, what does your sister taste like? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like mm. I mean, everyone's why is there, teetering. Why here. is this everybody is... on this show so weird? <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you have to be so weird? Well, you know, why can't you just be normal? We we may never know. Um, that just about does it. Uh, you know, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork and, and such great artwork. In fact, we have a new T-shirt uh, up now, uh, a Toby Hooper film, a tribute to uh, the great Toby Hooper. Um, all proceeds fr- that we that we would get from that T-shirt will be going directly to the Victims Fund 
of the tragedy that happened in Texas uh, and, and uh, those uh, terrible uh, events that happened down there. So if you feel you want to do something about that, uh, this is the way we've decided we're going to help. So you go to tpublic.com uh, and uh, look up Kill by Kill and you'll find us right away. Uh, and then, of course, our music is done by Revenge Body. Go to bandcamp.revengebody uh, and uh, look up all of the remixes and our main theme of the show, including the ones you hear on this episode. Next week, we will be back with an all new episode. We'll be talking about Predator. That's right. 1987s or is it 88s? I don't fucking know. I believe it's 87. Predator. Uh, a movie that is essentially a well-muscled slasher flick uh, that even starred one Jean-Claude Van Damme for a hot second before he and the monster he portrayed disappeared and were replaced by a big walking muscled crab man. And uh, it's going to be great. We got a great guest. It's going to be a fun time. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes um, or any podcatcher that you have. Uh, please. It's how people see and hear more from us. Uh, if you could do us that favor, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at school.net. And you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. Until next time, the body count continues for myself and Virginia. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.